Hey, Justin here with Stay at Home Dads Podcast. How are we doing today? How's it going? Well, welcome to the place that I talk about a lot of different things that go on in my stay at home dad life. I discuss stuff about my family, my kids, my spouse, men's mental and physical wellness. I also talk about parenting struggles that I have, tips that I come across, tips that I have and I read about, as well as many other things that I just kind of think about, ideas and different topics that pop into my head. I come on here and I share with you. So I hope something in there entertains or informs you to some capacity. So thank you for tuning into the show today. All right, so what's on the docket today? What do we got going on? Well, I did some more school volunteering. I know you probably aren't too excited about hearing about it, but I'm going to tell you about it. It was fun. It was actually a pretty good time. My kid's school had a jogathon. It's kind of a race to raise money. They run around on a track by their school, raise the money for the PTO, which is parent teacher organization. They put on they get money and they put on programs and they do events and things like that. So that's where the money goes. Well, anyways, I wasn't going to volunteer. I wasn't going to sign up for this. But when I hold on, I got a zipper dangling here and it's pissing me off. So anyways, I wasn't going to sign up, but the day before all this was set to happen, I decided to take a little look at the sign-up sheet, see who was there and see if everything was filled up. And I noticed a lot of holes, a lot of spots that, you know, areas that needed some help. And my daughter's run group, it was the third and fourth grade classes, they in particular needed some some more volunteers. So I, I pet myself up. I uh, gave myself a little self-talk, you know. I said, I can do this. I can go help. I can handle this. My kids would love to see me there. And it'll be fun. That's what I told myself. So I decided to sign up. And my wife actually signed up as well for my other daughter's time slot. So she was doing it. So I felt a little obligation there that, hey, I should, I should do it as well. So anyways, I was course monitoring, which is a pretty simple job. I cheer the kids on. I just make sure nobody falls, make sure nobody runs into each other because, you know, there's a ton of kids out there and they're running crazy and and dodging in between each other. So that was kind of my job, just to kind of monitor everyone and and, uh, cheerlead a little bit. Well, that's what I did. No one told me to, but it was kind of fun. Well, the thing was down to the last 10 seconds of running. It was like a 50-minute race, so they were running for a long time. And these kids are beat. They're tired. They've, you know, ran probably a couple miles at this point, I would say. So I'm cheering on this group of boys, and they're just wrapping up. It's counting down 10, 9, 8, 7. And I'm saying, yeah, keep pushing it. You guys got it. You know, finish hard, blah, blah, blah. Well, this one kid comes by me. He abruptly stops, and then he proceeds to vomit repeatedly, like, He just stops, turns, and just starts puking into the grass. And I'm just like, oh, shit, now what? Like, I pushed this kid too hard. I was like, I pushed him too hard, and now he's puking all over the place. So I go into the track area, and I kind of console him a little bit, ask him if he's okay, and and, uh, see if he wants to just kind of walk it off a a little bit and get to his tent. They They had tents marked up where his class was to get some water and just to get in the shade and relax. Well, at this point, I'm trying to help him out, and his mother comes up, and, and she uh, takes over what I was doing. I was like, oh, is this one yours? And she's like, yeah, that's my son. And I was like, okay, and I backed off. And, 
and let her deal with it. But damn, bro, like I felt bad for him. But part of me was kind of proud of this kid for pushing himself so hard to get to that point. I mean, he was apparently giving it his all and he was just going to his full potential. And I kind of commend that. I kind of uh, appreciate that he pushed himself like that. Anyways, just fun little story. My kids did really well. I think they each ran 10 or 11 laps, so they crushed it as well. And I survived my volunteering, my co-mingling with other parents and uh, doing this whole event and helping out. So there's that as well. Anyways, moving on here. Last week I mentioned I was going to get into this whole red flag, green flag uh, topic in terms of relationships and dating. And of course, I'm not currently dating I don't know if you know it, but I've been married to my wife for 11 years. I've been around her for, what, 17 years? Something like that. It's been a long time. And thank God, thank her that we're married and we're done with the dating chapter of our lives. Dating scares me, okay? I've got a couple of buddies that are divorced and... They're re-navigating the dating scene and trying to just figure out life now. And it sounds like a pain in the ass. Dating in 2023 does not sound like a good time. So no thanks. I'm glad I'm not in that zone anymore. Those of you that are doing it, I don't know, send me a DM, let me know. But good for you. I'm glad you're you're doing your thing and getting out there and navigating the online stuff and the dating apps and all that. I mean, that that wasn't around back when I met my wife, so I'm not really well versed in that department. So anyways, to continue this discussion here, this article I found last, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago that I've postponed until now talks about 30 people sharing their toxic versus good-natured dating habits, or their standards, rather. So things like, I have to initiate all the communication, uh, and I have to plan all the dates. That could be a red flag, right? Or him texting me to make sure that you made it home after your flight or after your night or whatever. That would be what? That would be a green flag. Although if we especially as married men, were to analyze or get analyzed in this fashion, I imagine I would have some red flags in my marriage. I imagine I'm not doing everything perfect. I make mistakes. I probably don't check all these boxes, so to speak, which I actually haven't read any of these yet. I'm kind of wanting to give you my honest first reaction to them. So I haven't looked at them. I haven't read through them. So should be pretty straightforward, pretty honest. Also, this article is coming from, I think it's all women talking about men's red and green flags. So this is from a woman's perspective. So maybe here in the future sometime, I will do some digging and find red and green flags that men have come up with to women. So maybe that would be a nice contrast to this episode. So maybe I'll look at doing that here in the future. So anyways, let's get into this. 30 red and green flags for dating. And I'll link this stuff in the description so you can check it out on your own, like I always do. But maybe this will help us change a few things about ourselves. Maybe it will bring some things to our attention that we hadn't thought about before. So that's kind of my goal here, anyways. 
All right, let's get into this article. Let's find it here. All right, so this is from a Reddit article that's been reposted on uh, BuzzFeed, like I typically, I don't know, I've been in the habit of using those lately, but they're kind of fun. Anyways, it's a Reddit user asked the community, what are some serious green flags in guys? And then they came up with a complete opposite, highlighting huge red flags. So we're just gonna go, I think, green, red, green, red, something like that, so first relationship red flag, they say, this is probably petty, but not putting the toilet seat down. Leaving the lid up is just gross in general, but something dis just disgusts me about leaving the whole thing up. It makes me view the guy as very inconsiderate to women on a subconscious level. Okay, I live in a house with three women, my wife and my two daughters. So I am outnumbered here. And I have always put the toilet seat down. Now, you could make the argument and be like, well, we put it down for them and they don't put it up for us and yada, yada, yada. I think that's a stupid argument. It's a toilet, okay? In my opinion, the toilet should be shut. Like, both lids shut. Like, I don't need, if you have a dog, I don't need my dog drinking out of the toilet. I don't need my daughter's hairbrush flying into the toilet when we're doing her hair in the morning. So I tried to put them down not only as a courtesy to the ladies of my house, but also I don't like looking at toilet water. I don't want that open to the air for shit to fall into it. And I just don't want to look at a toilet like where people do their business. So typically I will, I will shut them. Now, is it a considerate thing for me to at least put the first seat down? Of course it is. You have, you should always do that. It's just courtesy. It's in my mind, it's been, I've had, I mean, like I said, I've lived with my wife now for many, many years. I've got a nine-year-old and a six-year-old. It's just a habit for me to use the bathroom, put the seat back down. It's being courteous to someone else in your house. And if you don't do it, especially when you're married, that's a big deal. Now, if you just started dating a guy and he doesn't put the toilet seat down, well, he never has had to. I'm God, I'm getting in a lot of toilet seat talk, but that's just my opinion. He's never had to, so it might take him some time. Be like, hey, do you mind putting the toilet seat down? I'm going to stop the discussion right there because I've clearly spent way too much time on this. But it's just a courtesy to other people, especially when you're living in a house with them, to put it down. Easy. Relationship green flag is waiting until you get inside your house before leaving the driveway. This is kind of like a dating thing. So, you know, you go, you take the girl out, you pull up to her house, you drop her off. You should probably walk her to the door, but if you pull up at the curb, maybe you let her out of the car and she walks through the door. Yes, you're going to wait. For safety reasons, you're going to wait. So, I mean, that's, that's cool. It kind of goes along with if you're getting somewhere to call your spouse, Say, hey, I made it here, or tell your, your wife to call you, hey, make, make sure you call me when you get to the airport, or make sure you're traveling for work, give me a call when you get to your hotel in wherever you're staying. So I like that with my wife. I do that with her. She's got an EV now. She's got a Tesla, and I tell her sometimes too, hey, when you pull over to charge, just, hey, give me a call. Let me know like how that's going and, and what's going on, or if you have a problem or if there's some sketcho something going on just from a safety aspect call me that's that's what i do all right number three relationship red flag bad emotional control 
Like, if I had a bad day, I'm sorry, but that's not my fault. You you shouldn't be taking it out on me by snapping at me or being rude. You're allowed to vent, but you need to direct that somewhere else. Yeah, that's common courtesy too. I don't know if I would call that a red flag. Like I said, maybe this is like beginning dating, so it's not really tailored to a marriage, but at least I'm going to speak from a marriage perspective. People have good days and bad days all the time. Uh, I do. I know I do. And when I'm having one of those bad days, I don't, sometimes I will get snippy. Sometimes I will have a little bit of an attitude, but also I try to tell the people around me like, Hey, I'm just not, I'm, I'm, I'm having an off day. I, I don't really have a lot of patience today. I've told that to my kid. I've said, hey, you know, I don't have a lot of patience today, so please, you know, help me out. I've told that to my wife. She's asked me, hey, what's wrong? You know, you seem a little curt. You seem a little anxious or annoyed. And a lot of times I'll bury it like guys do. I'll just shove it down and be like, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. And she knows I'm not fine, but she doesn't really ask me anymore because she knows that apparently I don't want to talk about it. Other times I will... Be like, yeah, I don't know. I'm just, you know, I wasn't productive today. I didn't get X, Y, Z on my list done today. So I'm, I'm feeling a little, you know, defeated and grumpy. Now, does that mean that that gives me the, the pass to be a dickhead to everyone around me? No, it doesn't. That, that means that, hey, I'm letting you know that I'm not having a great day, but I still need to work really hard and treat my family, you know, with respect and what's another word I'm looking for? Just, I can't take it out on them. So yeah, I don't think I would call it a red flag from a, from a marriage standpoint, just because things kind of go up and down. Sometimes we all have bad days. So that's just my opinion there. It doesn't give us the ticket to be a dick, but it's good to let people know around you. Like, hey, I'm having a bad day, and uh, I'll try to do better. I'll try to, to dig myself out of it, or sometimes your family can help you dig yourself out of that too, and you look at the bright side of things and spend quality time with them, and, and that tends to help as well. So anyways, moving on. Number four, relationship green flag. Just listening when you're talking about something you're interested in. He could have no clue what you're talking about, but just listening and at least pretending like he cares means so much. I've had so many people just look at their phones and go, "Mm mm-hmm, when I'm trying to talk to them about something that I love. It's the worst feeling ever. Yes, I can't freaking stand that when you're trying to have a conversation with somebody and their phone is in their hand and they're looking at it and you're talking and you're in a story and you're giving details and they haven't responded or they respond with that, mm-hmm, oh, 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 yeah, okay. And you can tell they're checked out. You can tell they're listening to the words, maybe, but they're not really comprehending them. So if you wanted them to respond to you and give you like a thoughtful answer, they're probably not going to be able to do it because they're thinking about whatever they're looking at on their phone. And I know I talk about this all the time, but phones are a huge problem in that aspect. So within relationships and everything else, Putting that away to have that thoughtful conversation is paramount, is very important. Also, yes, listen to your spouse. This is both ways too. Listen to your spouse, not just 
men listen to your wives. It's both ways. So if my wife, she's does stuff, a lot of sciency things like that. If she comes and she's talking to me about doctor things and, and, uh, ailments and diseases, and I don't necessarily understand some of the, the words, I can still listen and I can still give feedback and I can still ask questions and say, hey, well, what does this mean or what does that mean? And I think doing that too lets that other person know that, oh, you are vested in this little conversation we have. You are showing that you're listening to me because you're, ask- you're asking questions, you're curious about other aspects of the story instead of just going, "Mm -hmm, mm mm-hmm, or you're watching the game on TV, or you're playing your Xbox, or you're looking at your phone. So yeah, that does go a long way. It goes a long way in both directions too. If I'm talking to my wife about fixing my truck and, oh, I had the sensor go bad and I was reading this data and yada, yada, yada. Yeah, I do appreciate it when she looks at me and she acknowledges that she's listening and and she gives me those cues and it's not just this one-way conversation. So yeah, that's a green flag. That's a good one. I like it. All right, five, relationship red flag. I found out recently that baby talk is a deal breaker for me. Dude speaks three languages and he said peas instead of please way too many times. It just made him unattractive. Yeah, I don't know what to say about that. Don't do that, please. Don't talk like that. Don't. I dated this one girl years and years and years ago, and she was called, she's from California, but I gave her the nickname of, like, the Valley Girl because that's how she talked. Like, oh, my God. Like, oh, wow. Like, really? Awful. Awful, awful, awful. I took her on one date, and I never, never, never again. Couldn't do it. All right, the next relationship red flag is consistent lateness. Everybody is late once in a while because of life. But when you have those people who are constantly late for everything and they leave you waiting for them over and over and over again, I just find it so incredibly disrespectful and it's a huge deal breaker. Yeah, that's uh, difficult to tolerate. I will say being constantly late means you don't have respect for other people's time. You don't have respect for other people in general. If you show up late all the time to events or dinners or sports things, or granted, I'm talking from a, a married aspect now. Yeah, it can get frustrating. It can, I don't want to say a deal breaker, like they said, because in my perspective, I am married, right? So I can, you, that's not a deal breaker, right? From a dating aspect, I could see that consistently dealing with that on on a regular basis would be a deal breaker. If you're dating somebody, casually dating, like I just can't put up with this. You're late all the time or you you don't have consideration for my time. Yeah, you're going to you're going to walk. All right, next relationship green flag. When meeting someone new, they instantly gain my respect when they consider possible accommodations someone could need. For example, asking if I'm if I'm all right with them vaping or smoking before doing so. Once I was part of a potluck with coworkers, and the new guy asked if anyone had any dietary restrictions or allergies. We became great friends after that. Also, when they acknowledge someone's holiday, even when they don't celebrate it themselves. I'm not Jewish, but thank you, and I hope you have a happy Hanukkah too. Yeah, that's just, I think that goes into more common courtesy for everybody around you. That's just being a good human being. If you're dealing with groups of people or you're meeting new people, you know, you just 
hey, do you mind if I light up a cigarette? Or the dietary restrictions. That's that's uh, that's just being that's just being kind of nice. Hey, does anybody need a, a a lift home? Does anyone need to be walked home? Does you know anybody need this or that? It's just I like it. That's just a cool attribute to to have married or dating. Relationship red flag. Next one, yelling at animals is a deal breaker. I can't stand it when someone screams at an animal for things they can't control. Like when a dog or cat just wants your love or attention. We all get frustrated with our animals, but yelling at them constantly will kill my interest in you ASAP. Especially if you're dating and you see some dude or woman yelling and screaming at like their dog or their cat and maybe hitting their dog or their cat or just being awful and getting easily frustrated with the animal or getting angry and lashing out at the animal. Fast forward your, your dating trajectory and look at when you're married and you have a kid, right? How is that going to go? I don't want to say it's exact science or anything, but you might want to rethink a few things there. If the person is treating animals that way, how are they going to treat your kid? Sure, maybe very different, but you're going to see with the animal aspect how easily that person gets frustrated, how easily that person takes something happening over and over and over again. Okay, that's the same thing that's going to happen with a kid. You're going to have to get used to some of those things. And raising a kid is is a marathon. It's not a 100-meter dash. And if that person can't handle the animal doing certain things, I don't know, how are they going to handle a kid doing those things or something similar? So food for thought there. All right, another relationship red flag is extroversion to the extreme When they have absolutely no filter and don't care about their opinions of others, they overshare and don't understand boundaries. Yeah, that could get annoying. People just talking and saying exactly what's on their mind, not having that internal voice that I think all people have or they should have that makes you say, should I say this right now? I know I've talked about this before where it'll pop into my head when I'm having conversations with people And I'll take a split second to think about what I'm going to say. And I'm like, okay, if I say this, then the conversation goes this way. If I say this, it's going to go that way. Or if I ask this question, it could offend somebody or the person could misconstrue my question and then it spins everything out. So yeah, I think that's important to have some of that filter, especially in a relationship, especially when you're dating. Even when you're married, you want to be honest with your spouse, but You don't want to say things just because you believe them, even though they will hurt somebody else's feelings. So yeah, being able to control those thoughts in your head and not just spout them off because that could, you know, damage relationships that could make people think of you in a different light and it could cause an argument with your your spouse or within your whatever relationship you have. It's kind of like being the one-upper, and I can't stand one-upper sometimes. It's All right, let's move on here. Relationship green flag. Disagreeing with you respectfully and honestly, then moving on. A man who accepts that two people can look at the same evidence and reach different conclusions and doesn't have to try to convince me of his viewpoint. Yes, please. I don't really have a lot to say there. That's a good green flag. Not getting into an argument, not trying to change somebody's mind when your opinions differ. That can be 
very frustrating. And I could imagine at a dating level when you're just dating somebody, that would be annoying if they were to constantly kind of argue and constantly have a different viewpoint than you all the time and then try to convince you that you're wrong and I'm right and yada yada. And it happens in marriage too. And it's good to, you know, have two opinions and say, hey, you know what? I don't, I don't necessarily agree. Sometimes it can be very hard, but saying, hey, I, I don't really agree, but I, ex- I respect where you're coming from and you guys can move on. It's totally fine to have two viewpoints. All right, relationship red flag. Poking fun at my taste in music or my interests, even if it's in a joking way. I've never done it to any one of my partners, but every abusive partner I've ever had engaged in this behavior. Never again, they say. Yeah, uh, I do kind of poke a little fun at my wife because she just listens to Top 40, but it's more of a banter back and forth. I change her radio station in her car to... I don't know, an 80s alternative or something like that. She'll be like, oh, you changed my station. I got to change it back. And I'm like, well, you listen to the same 10 songs. So I, I rib her a little bit. But granted, we've been together for, what, 17 or 18 years. So that's to be expected. But I don't, like, hammer on her about it. And I listen to a ton of different and wacko music and indie rock and all, all this other stuff that she's like, oh, like, what is this? But I can put it on in the house and cook dinner and she doesn't really, she doesn't totally like knock it down. I try to make a nice mix of things she likes and things I like. And I know I'm getting way off topic here, but yeah, just poking fun at somebody for their interests and for their hobbies is kind of juvenile. If they like knitting, they like knitting. It doesn't mean you have to like knitting, but you can still respect that they enjoy it. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's not, not everyone is going to be the same. Not everyone is going to like exactly what you want them to like or you think they should like. All right, relationship green flag. On the first date with my now fiance, we were talking about books, and I was telling him about some of my favorites. A few weeks later, he told me that he bought and read one of the books I'd mentioned and wanted to discuss it with me. It showed me that he took my opinions and recommendations seriously, that he actively wanted to find things we have in common, and also that he wasn't ashamed of reading women's fiction. That's kind of cool. He's going out of his way to do something really thoughtful, and it kind of goes back to poking fun at someone's interests, like the last red flag one. And he's, he's going above and beyond and he's saying, hey, like her interests are these books and doing these things and I'm going to really put in a good effort to, to get to know some of those things and to experience them with her. And I think that's very commendable. And I think more guys should do that stuff. I think more guys should, you know, I'm, I'm assuming this is more of a, Try to be thoughtful and get to know the things that your spouse or the person you're dating are into. Get to get to know them in that level, at that level. So kind of neat. I said neat. That was weird. Why did I say neat? It's an odd word. Anyways, relationship red flag. Refusing to post a single picture of us together. It doesn't have to be slathered all over socials, but one really good picture of us on a mountaintop. Why not post that? Yeah, that's a red flag. That means that he's uh, still dating around, that he's still casting a line, and he doesn't want to 
put out the perception that he is in a relationship. So that's that's how I read that. Um, I know a lot of guys may argue with that. They may say, well, I just post what I like on my social media or I post this or that or I don't post any pictures of us together. But that's kind of how I take it. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I shouldn't think that way, but I do. I think that, especially if you're in a dating phase, yes, now if I'm in a married phase and I don't post a picture of my wife and I on my social media, I I don't think it's because I'm looking for greener pastures, you know, still. Why not? Why not do it? I'm not going to read through every single one of these. There's like 30 of them. I'm just going to read through a few because I know this episode is already getting really long. So couple more, and then I'll add a couple of mine, and then uh, we'll uh, move on with our lives. All right, next one, relationship green flag. Guys who have a lot of friends who are girls is such a green flag. To me, that gives me the impression that they're a guy who girls feel safe around and that they value women as friends and they don't view them at all as sex objects. Ah, I don't know. This has always been a troubling... Um, avenue for people to take for men to take i don't have a ton of girls that are friends i have a few that i know but actually i don't know if i have any friends that i knew or that were like friends female friends from before i met my wife i don't think i do i mean i was i was friends with a lot of females my uh, my mom and my stepdad were swim coaches for the the girls swim team, so I was I've always been friends with a lot of girls. But as I've gotten older, you know, you have a few, but it's like oh that buddy's girlfriend you're friends with, or this buddy's wife, or whatever. And then now that you know I'm in my 40s, yeah, I don't I don't really have a lot of of uh, female friends that were friends of mine before knowing who my wife was like. I have female friends, but they're people that we've met together, if that makes sense. It's like my buddy Alex's wife and my buddy uh, Steve's wife and, and things like that. So, I don't know. Uh, should you have a bunch of female friends that your wife doesn't know about or your girl that you're dating doesn't know about? I don't know. That's kind of a touchy subject. I've had friends that have had a ton of girls that were friends and it's gotten them in trouble and it's gotten them drama it's wrapped them up in drama when they've been dating someone or married to someone and you know is it i don't want to say is it worth it because if they're just friends that's a it's a kind of a slippery slope but is there any kind of motives there from the guy or from the gal you know i don't i don't know all right next one Relationship green flag reacts with compassion and empathy when you're anxious or takes precautions instead of getting offended or mocking you. That's, uh, that's an important aspect of a relationship. You don't want somebody that lacks empathy, especially if there's something going on with you or if you're anxious or if you're having some sort of issues. You don't want someone that's going to make fun of you and poke fun at you and and not be there for you. So yeah, that's kind of a, I think a given, you don't want to do that to people. You don't want to, especially someone that you are married to or not married. Maybe you're dating, but you still care about them. You don't want to bring them down. You don't want them to feel worse about themselves. You don't want to mock them 
and tease them, you want to make them feel safe, right? You want to make sure that they're okay. You want to help them get through whatever they're going through instead of the other way around and essentially making it harder for them. So that seems like a no-brainer to me. All right, last relationship red flag I'll read here. And like I said, I'm not reading through all these, but you can click on the link and check them out if you're so inclined. This one is, I like to feel wanted. So if I'm planning all the dates, initiating all the texts and calls, and initiating sex every time, then it's not going to work. I'm going to feel like you're not into me, and I'd rather not waste my time or yours. Yeah, that's true. You don't want to be the only person that is doing everything, then that other person is... I don't know, even if they say they care, then they're lazy and you, you don't really need to deal with that either. Also, from a, a marriage aspect, you want to do equal parts. You want to plan those nice things for your spouse, for your wife. You want to plan cool dates. You want to send little flirty texts and stuff and, and calls, especially if they're if they're busy and they're gone or whatever, and you want to you wanna do that. You want to make them feel loved and make them feel important. So I think uh, those are important things to do in dating and in marriage. All right, so a few other ones that I want to add to that article. Some green flags I would say are open communication. I know I've always talked about being open and communicating on here. That's a really important part of having a solid relationship and a solid marriage is talking to each other. You know, a partner that encourages and engages in open, honest, and empathetic communication, that's a green flag. It helps create this environment where everyone's feelings and needs are heard and respected. We need to convey and know ourselves that we can have those hard conversations. And that comes in that open communication. Not everything is going to be easy to talk about, but it's good to let that other person know that, hey, I can talk about these things. I can bring up the hard things as well. That's all I'm saying. Next green flag is shared responsibilities, especially in a family setting, a partner who actively participates in shared responsibilities like helping with the kids or household chores, financial planning. That shows commitment. It shows teamwork. Another one I have written down here is emotional support. A partner who is emotionally supportive during challenging times, providing comfort and understanding. That's a significant green flag. Just like I mentioned, we don't want someone to mock us and, and, and talk down to us and tease us. We need to support those people and make those people feel safe and feel wanted. Another one is supportive co-parenting. Coming from a, a parenting standpoint... If you have a partner who actively participates in parenting and, and child care and values that quality time with the family, that is a big deal. They collaborate and they help and they participate with parenting decisions and things that involve the kids. That all shouldn't be put on one person to do all those things. Making the doctor appointments and picking the kids up from sports getting them off the bus from school. That's not just one person's job. That's, you know, it's a teamwork, your family. So that's a, someone who does that, that's a super big green flag. All right, let's talk about a couple reds here real quick, and then we'll wrap this up. First one I have here, constant criticism, a partner who would frequently criticize and belittles you, especially in front of others. Not, not a really good vibe. That's definitely a red flag. This behavior, you know, it, 
It erodes self-esteem. It can harm the overall relationship, of course. And I've seen this play out. I've seen couples do this type of thing where it's almost like a banter back and forth and they just cut each other down and it just seems so unhealthy. Just not a good combo. Last one I have here is scorekeeping and resentment. Scorekeeping in a relationship is not, I don't like it. It's not ideal. Tallying who does what in the relationship and keeping score and then using it as ammunition during disagreements. I did this and this and this and you didn't do any of that. That's a red flag. This can lead to resentment and hinder the ability to resolve issues constructively. I don't think that's how relationships work. Like, you put the kids to bed tonight, I'll do tomorrow, or I did it two times in a row, and you haven't done, you know, it's just, consider it, however it goes, consider it the part of life. And if you need help doing something, say, hey, spouse, I need some help. Hey, I need, uh, can you do this for me? Can you do that for me? It's just, don't keep this imaginary tally in your head, because that's just going to lead to more problems down the road. So, I don't know, kind of simple, kind of kind of a pretty obvious ones there for you to deal with or to think about rather. So anyways, like I said earlier, dating is difficult. Well, at least I think it's difficult. Maybe I should say dating is different. Like I mentioned last week in last week's show, I met my wife at a bar back in 2005. Neither of us had a big checklist in our pockets that we would go through in those scenarios. Does the person make this much money? Do they have X type of job? Are they college educated? Do they have a nice car? Do they have a car at all? Do they live in a house or an apartment? Like none of that was on my radar. The only thing that I thought about was, hey, she's cute. And I wonder if she's single. That was my checklist. Two things. That's it. Physical attraction. And is that person available were the only things to think about. Now it's online dating and having all these parameters set up and all these apps, which, you know, thinking about it now, maybe that's taken some of the enjoyment out of dating. It's turned it to more of a business transaction, a business contract, a job interview, which sure, in some cases, as we get older, maybe... It needs to kind of be that because you don't want to waste your time or waste anybody else's time or lead anybody on. Or if you're vastly different than the other person, then you don't want to even entertain the idea. You don't want to play games. But sometimes that's part of the dating game, right? It's called the dating game. That's part of the process. So I don't know. Remember, I'm no doctor or psychologist or therapist or anything. These are just my opinions and thoughts on a subject that I'm not well-versed in, okay? I'm just a single person that's married and has a couple kids, and these are my thoughts. So every relationship is going to be different. Every person is different. Some things that I rag on here, others may not be bothered by, and, and that's fine. So anyways, that's all I have for today's episode of Stay Home Dads podcast. I hope you enjoyed that. I hope you enjoyed some of those examples and red flags and green flags. Maybe it gave you some insights on things that uh, you can do differently to not be so selfish, to put the seat down, to have some empathy toward your spouse when they need it, stuff like that. So if you enjoyed this episode and you want to tell me about it or tell me anything else for that matter, please do so. You can reach me on podbean.com or you can reach me on Instagram at stayathomedads underscore podcast. That's my handle over there. 
Also, if you want to, you can rate and review this show on whatever platform you're listening on. That would be super awesome if you did that. But anyways, thank you again for listening, and I will talk to you all next week. Bye!